Our reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses from 12 to 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you to fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Amen. So, uh, on our story today, we pick up Jesus right after a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Jesus' baptism, and when the dove descended on him and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, and then last week, uh, we talked a little bit about, did we talk about baptism last week too? Not much, okay. <laughs> I wasn't here, so I don't know what you talked about, but uh, in the lectionary we covered John's, John talks about the baptism a little bit as well, but I, I think you were in Isaiah, weren't you? No. Come and see. Oh, okay. My bad, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Catherine, if you weren't here, Catherine filled in for us uh, last week, so that was great. Uh, this week we pick up Jesus, for some reason they skip over, uh, we save this for Lent, but we skip over the part where Jesus leaves from his baptism and he goes out into the wilderness and is tempted for 40 days uh, and fasts for 40 days and is tempted in the wilderness as kind of a, a cleansing ritual before Jesus begins his uh, public ministry. But something dramatic happens before that. Jesus hears that John the Baptist has been arrested. And, you know, when I read this text in Matthew, it always jars me a little bit. And the reason is because it it basically says this, Jesus heard that John the Baptist was arrested and he, they left, uh, they left where they were and moved to Capernaum on Galilee and left where they were doing the ministry And it doesn't say this, but the reason they left was because they were afraid that they were going to get arrested too. John had been going about 
declaring uh, the kingdom of God is near. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. And he was baptizing people in the Jordan and that caught people's attention to the point that they dragged him off to jail. And he was apprehended and arrested, sending a shock of fear among John's followers. And they retreated to Capernaum. And what we are told there is that Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. I love this. There's nothing said in between those two things, but they. But the picture I get here is that all of John's followers, including Jesus Christ, went to Capernaum and settled down there, and they probably had a lot of late-night discussions and meetings and a lot of prayer time together and a lot of trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Should we just give this up or should we keep going? And Jesus stands up and picks up where John left off. And Matthew does this so does this beautiful this beautiful thing of putting into Jesus's mouth the exact same words that were in John's mouth. Repent. For the kingdom of God is near. What a hopeful reaction. I mean, here the authorities, the domination system of the time, the oppressor was trying to squash the messages of God, was trying to squash the thing that was giving people hope. They were trying to shut John up. And what happens? Jesus stands up and takes over and says, No, no, no. This message is bigger than John. You can't just hide it away. And it will be proclaimed. And what was Jesus and John, really, proclaiming about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, uh, Matthew says. Matthew, Matthew doesn't like, it, it's the exact same thing. Uh, Luke says the kingdom of God. Mark says the kingdom, uh, kingdom of God. Matthew's uncomfortable with using God's name. So, Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven. Same thing, though, okay? <laughs> so Matthew changes it to kingdom of heaven. But what, what, is, what is Jesus really talking about here? There's, there's sometimes this notion in us that what Jesus is talking about is heaven. Talking about when we go to heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And that's understandable why we would think that. But the kingdom of heaven, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven, is really talking about something else. Not talking about where we go when we die, uh, but talking about how we live in this world as if God were king. How do we live out our world with God in charge, not Caesar? It's how do, we, how do we live as though God were king and not Caesar or not some other king or not Pharaoh or not president or not czar or not you fill in the blank. But it's the world as it would be if God were in charge. The kingdom of heaven. And what Jesus says is that that kingdom 
is near. And we're invited to repent and draw near to that kingdom. And what that basically means is to turn away from this world. And turn, in fact, the word repent literally means to turn away from. Uh, and so it's a turning away from this world and turning toward the kingdom of heaven. A different place. Now, this was significant for Jesus and Jesus' followers because they were living under oppression, they were living under the domination system of Rome and of the Jewish aristocracy. And Jesus was basically saying, you don't have to live in that world. Oh, they can tax us, they can kill us, they can take our property, they can do all these things. They can arrest John, they can kill Jesus. But they can't force us to live in their world. We can choose to live in the kingdom of heaven. It was a way of taking control of their lives out of the hands of the oppressor. And we're invited, they were invited to turn away from that world and turn toward the kingdom of heaven. And you know what? We are also invited to turn away from the things that seemingly control our lives, that seemingly dominate the world we live in. We can turn away from systems and things that oppress, that tear down, that steal, kill, and destroy, as John puts it, and take away our lives, and we can turn toward the kingdom of heaven, the commonwealth of God, if you will, and choose to be citizens of heaven here today. Jesus' message. You know, so much... I heard a guy say this the other day. So much of what Jesus is, uh, what gets talked about when it comes to Jesus these days is the notion of choosing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and praying the sinner's prayer so that you go to heaven, you have eternal life, and, you, and then you spend the rest of the time worrying about whether or not you're actually secure in that or not. And, and I heard a guy say the other day, uh, somewhere, and I don't remember where, but, but it was, some evangelical preacher was saying that the teachings of Jesus are really kind of secondary to this, this idea that you have to be in, you have to choose Jesus and go and be counted among those who are, whose names are written in the book of life in heaven, right? That really the teachings of Jesus are kind of superfluous to that. Uh, and I, I thought, that is ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus spends so little time talking about where we go when we die. Jesus spends almost no energy worrying about your salvation uh, in the afterlife. Jesus spends the bulk of his time, especially in the first three Gospels, talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. The bulk of everything Jesus talks about is pointing us to this idea of living as though God were in charge of the world. And living that out. 
That is, when Jesus says, I'm bringing good news, the good news he is talking about is that the kingdom of God is near. And that means that it's within our grasp. We can reach out and grab it. How do we do that? Jesus tells us in this text today, Come follow me. Come follow me. And the invitation is made. It's that same invitation. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And if you want to know how to reach out and grab it, come follow me and I'll show you. And he, made, he extends that invitation to a bunch of fishermen along the shore there in Capernaum. He says, come follow me. And they do. <laughs> Oddly, they drop everything. They leave their families. And they go follow Jesus in pursuit of the kingdom of God. In pursuit of this idea that the world can be drastically different if we grab on to this idea of the kingdom of God. And, and it is about this notion of allowing God to guide our lives and not replacing that with something else. Not allowing drugs or alcohol or whatever you're been, you know, shopping for me. <laughs> not allowing any of those things control your life. Not allowing the state of our systems that are in place here dictate to us how we are going to approach the world, not allowing the oppression that some of us may be experiencing from the culture we live in or the, or the systems that are in place to deny us our rights and our, our place in the world, but to claim the kingdom of God and say, I am living this out and you have no role in that kingdom. This is the world I'm going to live out. And Jesus proceeds to talk about that. And that's what we're going to be talking about that in the next four weeks. We're going to be covering the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount and all that. And we'll be talking about when Jesus says, come follow me. He's going to talk about exactly what that looks like. And how we can live into this kingdom of God lifestyle that transcends all of those other things that try to hold us down. But it begins with this radical discipleship. Come follow me. And they do. The same invitation is made to you and me. Come follow me. But it's not the words we speak it's not the rhetoric we believe. It's not the doctrine we choose to buy into. It's not the church we attend. Oh, I hate to say that. <laughs> but it is the choice we make to follow Christ. And not, not follow Christ by saying the sinner's prayer so that we go to heaven. In contrast to what this guy I was listening to says, it is following Christ in following his teachings and what he had to say about how we live 
now in the kingdom of God. I invite us on this journey as we explore this over the next four weeks, but it begins today with dropping our nets and leaving our own world behind and following Christ where He leads us. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, as we come to this time of exploring what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven, to be followers of Christ, help us to know what that means. Help us to drop our nets and to turn toward You and embrace a radical discipleship that we might indeed follow You. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.